and we pray that you'd speak this morning in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen, Amen. You can grab your sermon notes out and take your seats. Well, this morning we're starting a brand new series uh, that we are calling At The Movies. And over the next two weeks, we're going to be looking at some well-known movies as a spring-off point uh, for some discussion of biblical truth. Now, I just want to say very clearly that it is a spring-off point. I am not saying that these movies have completely correct theology. Don't go watch the movie, take your notes, be like, Pastor Haley said that this was good theology. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it's a good illustration of biblical truth. And today, I'm going to take it all, back, all the way back uh, to the 90s to prove that good things did come out of the 90s, not just bad fashion. We are going all the way to 1994, and I'm going to be looking at The Lion King. The Lion King. Yeah, it's the movie that like made you smile and made you laugh. And if you had a heart, it probably made you cry. If it didn't, I'll pray for you after the service, okay? All right. But you know, if you don't know the story of The Lion King, basically you meet um, this guy called Simba. Um, Simba is in fact a lion. I don't know if the title gave it away, but he is in fact a lion. And it is Simba's destiny to be king over the Pride Lands. But there's also a character called Scar who doesn't really want that to happen. And so what Scar does is Scar contrives of a way to make Simba run away from his destiny. How many people are ready to go to the movies this morning? Turn your attention to the screens. There it is. Not what you expected to do on Sunday morning, this Sunday morning, eh? You didn't expect me to show to a movie. Actually, did you know that Whoopi Goldberg is playing one of the hyenas there? 
That's what she was doing in between Sister Act and The View. She was in The Lion King. We found her. Isn't that good? But you know, that movie is going to be our, our spring-off point into this, some discussion on biblical truth. And one thing that you notice about that clip is that Simba is going into hiding. Have you ever noticed that human beings have a tendency to hide what we think is wrong? We don't even really think about doing it. We kind of do it naturally. I don't know, when you were at school, when I was at school, if I ever made a spelling mistake, you know, I wouldn't just cross out. I would like scribble out the word until you possibly couldn't know what mistake I had made because I wanted to hide my error. In fact, that's the whole idea of Twink. Twink hides mistakes because human beings have a tendency to hide what we think is wrong or not quite right. You know, Instagram filters, when we put filters on things to hide what we perceive are our imperfections, that's the same thing. How many people know that when company comes over and you've got a messy closet, you close the closet door? Why? Because you want to hide what you perceive is wrong. In fact, I think all of us, listen, we can talk about it. We have that internal conversation when you make a mistake. You're like, can I get away with this without anyone noticing? You're like, can I get away with it? Can I hide it without anyone noticing? You know, if you trip on the sidewalk, the first thing you do is you like look away. You're like, did someone see that? Like, did someone see the wrong? Because human beings have a natural tendency to hide what we think is wrong. And that's what Simba is doing in this clip. He's perceived that something wrong has happened. And so he's gone into hiding. It's interesting to note that Simba is not trying to hide the mistake. Like he's not having a conversation with Scar where he's saying, hey, listen, Scar, let's just not talk about what happened here today. Let's pretend that this didn't happen. He's not trying to convince Scar that what Scar saw is wrong. He's not trying to hide the mistake. He's trying to hide himself. Did you know today that there is a difference between feeling guilty for something and feeling ashamed? You see, guilt says this. Guilt says what I did was wrong. And so guilt says that lie was wrong. Guilt says that behavior was wrong. Guilt says that that statement or that thing I did. Guilt says what I did was wrong. And so we try to hide what we did. But how many people know that shame is different? Shame says I am wrong. And because human beings have a tendency to hide what we perceive is wrong, when we start to think that I am the thing that is wrong, do you know what we do? We put ourselves in hiding. You see, I don't know how shame sneaks in. Shame might sneak in through a cycle of behavior that we want to stop, but we just can't seem to, or it might sneak in because of a mistake that we made. Oftentimes, shame sneaks in not because of something that you did, but that something that someone did to you and you took the blame for it when really you shouldn't have. But blame and shame come into our lives and the result of shame is always the same. Shame always sends us into hiding. In fact, if you go all the way back to the book of Genesis and the Garden of Eden, you will find that this shame and going into hiding is like the most direct result of the fall. Let's read it together in Genesis, in your notes, Genesis 3, verse 6 to 8. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. Then the eyes of them both were opened and they realized that they were naked. And so they sewed fig leaves to cover themselves up. 
Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And get this, they hid from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Notice what they are hiding. They are not trying to hide their mistake. Like they're not trying to throw away the apple core, you know? They're not hiding their mistake. What they're trying to do is hide themselves. Their eyes have been opened and they perceive now that they are naked. They think to themselves, I am wrong. And so their first reaction is to go straight into hiding because shame always makes us hide. Firstly, it makes us hide from God. Did you know that shame today makes us hide from God? Because shame will tell you that God will not accept you because of what you've done. Shame will tell you that God is going to shun you, that he is mad with you, that he does not want to come close to you. And so we hide from God. You see, the interesting thing I find about the scripture is that Adam knew God. Like prior to the fall, he had walked with God in the garden. He knew that God was good. He knew that God was kind. He knew that God was loving. Yet the moment sin enters, he's hiding from him. Why? Let me tell you why. Shame will distort your picture of God. Shame will distort your picture of God. And so the things that he once knew about God, now he is doubting because shame has distorted the picture. Man, how many people in the world today are walking around thinking that God is mad at them, that God is far from them, that God doesn't want anything to do with them? It's because shame has distorted the image. It's distorted their picture of who God is, and so they've gone into hiding. Firstly, we hide from God. Secondly, we hide from people. We hide from people. One of the things that you'll notice about this clip is that the thing that really got Simba to run away was this. It was when Scar said to him, but what will your mother think? Man, how many of us has shame said, how many of us has shame said that to us? What would people think if they knew? How would people respond if they really knew who you are? And so do you know what we do? We isolate, don't we? We hold people at arm's length. We don't engage in community. We don't engage in authenticity. Why? Because we don't want to let people close enough to see who we really are because shame has convinced us that if they do, we'll be rejected. Notice, and I want you to know today, that sin and shame does not only fracture our relationship with God, it fractures our relationship with one another. It stands in the way of our relationship with one another. Check this out in Genesis 3, 9 to 12. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, so I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from? Check out what the man says. The woman, the woman you put me here with, the woman, she, she did it. She gave me some of the fruit. And so I, don't you love Adam? Oh my gosh, Adam is just blaming everyone in the vicinity. He's like, firstly, God, the woman, the woman who, who you gave me, she gave me the fruit. What's happened? Man, it hasn't just fractured. Sin and shame hasn't just fractured his relationship with God. It's fractured his relationship with the companion whom God gave him. Because shame causes us to hide from one another. Finally, did you know that shame causes us to hide from purpose? And I think this is the big one. You know, here's Simba. His destiny is to be the king of the pride lands. And he's running away from it because shame has convinced him that he is no longer worthy. And shame will tell us the same thing. 
They'll say, who are you to stand in front of other people? Who are you to lead? Who are you to do something amazing for God? Who are you to progress? Who are you to move forward? Who are you to speak up? Who are you to stand out? Why? Because shame makes us hide from what we were created to do and who we were created to be. Shame will always send us into hiding. You see, I'm interested because Adam and Eve, the Bible says that the moment that they feel this shame, the moment they feel that I am wrong, the first thing they do is they sew fig leaves together to make a covering. Do you know all a fig leaf is, is something that we use to hide behind, to hide the real us. And I wonder, man, how many fig leaves are in the room today? How many things that we use to hide behind? And I felt like, you know, some of us use busyness to hide behind. We say, no, I I can't get involved in church, or I can't get involved in community, or I can't get involved with people. Why? Because because I'm busy. I'll, I'll do it when things settle down, but really that's our fig leaf. It's the thing that we're hiding behind because we don't want to come out of hiding. You know, we hide behind family. We hide behind like a recreated personality. Perhaps, you know, something happened and you're like, well, I can't be that person anymore. So we recreate who we are. It's how we mask who we really are from people. Perhaps today, what you're hiding behind is self-righteousness, an attempt to always be the best and always act good because you don't want people to see the reality of who you really are. Or perhaps today, what you're hiding behind is distance. And you like Simba, man, you put distance with your past. Perhaps you came here today because honestly, you're on the run. Whatever it is, shame always produces the same fruit in our lives. Whatever your story is, whatever my story is, whatever our story is, is the result will be the same. Shame always sends us into hiding. And can I tell you today that there is no healing in hiding? There is no healing in hiding. Yeah, so perhaps today, you know, you kind of tried to pull like what I would call a Timon and Pumbaa on yourself. And you said, listen, it's a new day. No worries. Hakuna Matata. I'm going to, I'm not going to sing it. I'm not going to sing it. There was. Oh my gosh, the decision making was real. I was a bit panicky, to be honest. I was like, what would Pastor Boyd do in this situation? And I was like, he would definitely sing, but that's his gifting, all right? So I'm not going to do it. You know, we think to ourselves, no worries. Let the past be the past. I'm just going to leave it in the past. Leave what happened in the past and try and move forward. Pretend that it's all right. But have you even noticed that no worries isn't enough? Because wrong, you just have the sense that deep down wrong always needs to be made right, doesn't it? That there has to be some consequences from the wrong in our life. Actually, we think to ourselves, maybe there has to be punishment. Maybe someone has to be punished for the wrong. And I'm here today to tell you that somebody was. That someone did carry our sin. And someone did carry our shame. That someone did bleed and die for it. That someone actually hung on a cross for it. And by his stripes, we are healed. You see, the thing that you have to know today is that we are guilty. Listen, I've got to tell you, I am guilty. We are as guilty as they come. But we are not condemned. Because he bore our guilt on his body. He bore our shame on his body. He bore our wrong on his body 
so that we could be made right, so that we could be made righteous. There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Listen, we are guilty, yeah, but we are not condemned because the price has been paid. Turn your attention to the screens.
All right, one more time. Don't get your theology off that clip. What the, I'm not saying that God is a lion. He is the lion of Judah, okay? But I'm not saying he's like up there, like, rah, like looking at it out, all right? I'm also not saying I believe in ghosts, okay? And I'm definitely not saying that afterwards you should go out, hit someone on the head, and then say, it doesn't matter, it's in the past, okay? Because they will not be happy. They will not, that best part about that clip was some of you actually, I saw that, have that speech memorized. The amount of people over that clip that was going, remember who you are, <laughs> that was just priceless. All right, but you know, I'm not saying that this, 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 this clip is true theology, but it is a good illustration of one of the things or some of the things that we can do to order, in order to overcome shame. You see, the first thing that you need to know if you're going to get freedom from shame is that you need to start with repentance. You need to start by repenting. See, what repentance is, is repentance is an 180 degree turn in the other direction. It's a turn from your way back to God's way. You see, just like Simba turned and sprinted back to the pride lands, then we have to turn and sprint back to the arms of our heavenly father. Because the truth today is, it is possible to feel bad about something, but continue in it, isn't it? It's possible to feel guilty about something and yet continue in the same behavior. In fact, Paul talks about it in Corinthians, in your notes. He talks about how godly sorrow leads to repentance, but worldly sorrow, worldly sorrow that feels bad yet never does anything about it, worldly sorrow that feels guilty yet never turns back to God, worldly sorrow leads to death. You see, the thing that you need to know is that you will never achieve freedom from shame if you continue in the sin that caused it. It always needs to begin with repentance, with turning from it and turning back to Jesus. But you see, the most incredible thing happens when we repent. See, the Bible says that the moment we repent, how many people know that we, we, we regenerate? We are reborn. And that's the second point today. We repent and then we regenerate. How many people today in the house have been born again? You see, the truth is, is that if you have given your life to Christ, if you are in him, the old has passed. The old with the shame attached to it, the old with the sin attached to it, that old has passed. Listen, it was crucified on the cross with Christ. The old has passed and the new is here. You see, when shame comes to you, and tells you that you are not enough. When shame comes to you and tells you that you are not worthy, and you need to hide. Listen, you need to tell shame that it hung on the cross with Jesus' body, and you are not that person anymore. You are new. The old has passed, and the new has come. Man, every time shame comes and torments your mind, can you think of the body of Jesus? Because he was broken for it, so you didn't need to be broken again. Jesus doesn't give part of the way salvation. He doesn't free us so we can put ourselves back in prisons of shame and condemnation and guilt. No, 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 no. If he sets you free, you are free indeed. So when shame comes and tells you that you are wrong, this is what you tell shame. You say, no, 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 you don't understand. I have been made 
right. I have been made righteous. Why? Because he who knew no sin became sin so that you and I might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. If you are in him, let me tell you that you have been made right. You have been made righteous. You're free indeed. You're free indeed. You know, that word regenerate also means to rebuild or to heal or to grow back tissue that has been damaged or lost. I want to speak as I finish to the areas of your life that have been damaged and you feel like they are lost. It's probably the area that the shame snuck in. It's the area that you block off in your mind. You don't even want to think about it. It's probably an area of your life that you have lost your love for. And you need to know today that Jesus loves that part of you too. He doesn't love what you did. He doesn't love sin. But he still loves that part of you. Actually, can I tell you that he loves it enough to redeem it? See, the truth is, is that Jesus doesn't love us because we are lovable. Can I tell you that when I came to Christ, I was not very lovable. He loves us to make us lovable. And he doesn't just love some part of you. He loves every part of you. Listen, he loves your emotions even though they boiled over. Remember, he created them. He loves your mind even though you're struggling with it. Remember, he created it. He loves your imagination even though you made that thing up. Remember, he created it. Actually, he loves it enough to redeem it. He loves it enough to bring it back to life. You see, that's why we don't have to hide from him. Because there's no part of you that he doesn't love. In fact, he loves it enough to bring it back to life. And so no more hiding in this place because God loves every part of you. No more hiding from each other because he has made you new. No more hiding from purpose because you have been made right. You have been made righteous. With every eye closed, every head bowed, perhaps you're in this place and you need to begin this journey today. You need to begin in that place of repentance, turning, turning from your way, turning from your sin and turning back to God. Can I tell you that the moment you repent, he makes you new. So if you're in this place, you say, actually, that's me. I want to begin that journey again. I'm going to give you an opportunity. It would be my absolute joy to lead you in a prayer. And so if that's you, you're saying, that's me. I want to begin that journey today. I'm going to count to three. And on the count of three, I just ask that you would raise your hand. One, God loves you. Two, he's speaking right now. Three, if that's you, would you raise your hand? Awesome. God bless you. I see that hand. Awesome. God bless you. I see that hand. Awesome. God bless you. Awesome. Thank you. God bless you. I see those hands. Is there anyone else today? You're saying, I want to respond. I want to make that decision. Awesome. God bless you. I see that hand. 
Once you've raised your hand, you can put it back down. Thank you. God bless you. I see that hand. Church, would you repeat after me? Say, dear Jesus, I confess I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. Today, I give my life to Jesus, holding nothing back. I turn from sin and I follow you. Thanks to you, I'm free, I'm whole, I'm healed. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen and amen. Can we congratulate those people who made that decision? And church, you can stand to your feet across this place. Is Ange at the back, she's got a count me and sign. Your next step if you made that decision is to see her or to come up the front where there is someone who will pray for you. But I really felt the Holy Spirit uh, speak to me and I was just really sensing in my spirit that there are some believers here who have given their lives to Christ, but you are still bearing a burden of shame. And I feel that the Holy Spirit is here to bring freedom. I really believe that the Holy Spirit is here to bring freedom. You see, the truth is I think sometimes we put ourselves in a prison, don't we? Like we keep thinking about the wrong or thinking about the guilt. It's a self-imposed prison. But the Holy Spirit is present today to bring freedom. And so I'm not making a call to shame. I'm making a call to those who want to be set free, who want to be set free and live in the freedom that Jesus has given them. And so across this place, you're saying, I want to know freedom. I want to know what it is like to be free indeed. I'm going to include you in a prayer. Why don't you just raise your hand? You're saying, I want to receive freedom today. I want to receive freedom today. Father, I thank you, Lord, that you are enough, that our shame is paid for, that our sin is paid for. Lord, that you have done enough. Your nails are enough. Your sacrifice was enough to set us free. And so we say today to our minds that we will not accept shame. We will live in freedom. We are new. We are healed. We are whole and we are delivered. I pray right now for minds over this place. And I pray, Lord God, that you would grace people with the mind of Christ. Lord, I thank you, Lord, for the anointing which covers our mind. And I thank you, Lord, that a mind focused on the Spirit is peace and life. And so today, right now, to minds, I prophesy peace. I prophesy life. I speak no more confusion in Jesus' name. No more inner turmoil in Jesus' name. I pray right now that prisoners would come out and be set free by the life of Christ. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone said, amen and amen.